You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to this episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John and we have a lower league review um, of the season so far. And we've got um, two regular fans on, um, Alan, the Falkirk supporter, um, aka Force One, and Paul of um, Party Thistle um, following. How are you both, apart from your teams? <laughs> I'll start. Thistle, oh goodness gracious, on the park, uh, unbelievable. Uh, I can't believe how they imploded. Um, and will they bounce back? No idea. <laughs> yeah, um, Falkirk, a bit of the same. Inconsistent. Um, morale is quite low after the battering off of uh, Dundee. Um, and yeah, need a massive sign, massive improvements needed um, to challenge at the top. So we'll talk about that later. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. We'll keep the banner um, going. And uh, we also have um, three wise men since it's nearly Christmas um, from football <laughs> experts, um, Ali Graham, <laughs> Davey Irons and Kevin Harper. How are you, you trio? Oh, good, John. No. Good, thanks, yeah. Looking forward to presenting our gifts here to be with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, the, the jokes are starting already. Um, so we'll we'll crack on into the, the without doubt right now the most exciting um, of the three leagues in terms of the top end. Um, Air United, the surprise league leaders, um, are currently three points ahead of fourth place Morton. Um, straight away, that's two sides that a lot of people would have predicted. Well, certainly in Ayr's case, I think a couple has had them down for relegation at the start of the season. Who wants to kick this one off? See, that's the thing now, John. I think with the rest of the lads, where we done my predictions at the start of the season kind of thing, but actually forgot who we actually took. So I want you to tell us <laughs> at some point where our teams are, because Air United, for me, are the surprise package. I don't know what the rest of the guys think, the goals that they're scoring. And, you know, they seem to be, although it's quite tight at the top, they seem to be just turning out results and the boy that's scoring all the goals for them and assisting as well. That's the, the new word for laying the ball in for somebody else, Kev. It's uh, <laughs> incredible. I mean, he's, he's banging in. He's about 14 goals, isn't he? I can hear me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think what we'll find as we get through the leagues and the rest of the guys can come in and say is, usually you find that the guys, some of the guys that we top goal scorers, guys that are banging in the goals, every single manager's looking for a goal scorer. The guys that are struggling down at the bottom of the new of the leagues will be looking for somebody in loan to get them up there. So Air United are doing it um, and, and, and doing it very well. And it's, it's amazing for the club. I really do. I think that's, it's a, I'm really, really surprised with how well they're doing. I think Lee Bullins came in and he's done really well, hasn't he? I think he's changed it, he's changed it a little bit. His, his signings are good as well, you know, as, as Ali's just pointed out. But I think for me, they've not really had that blip. As of yet, you know, and that tends to happen throughout the season. Some they go on, it's, all teams go on a wee blip. You look at Thistle, they are one, one in five, one, one, one in six, actually. You know, so they'll, they'll be hoping that their blip is now. But I think that's the thing where as long as they can keep winning, you know, I think that builds momentum, it builds confidence. You know, once they maybe have a wee wobble, maybe if they don't win in maybe three, four games, then you'll see how they, how they are. But you know, there's some, some good teams right behind them as well. You know, Dundee, Queen's Park. I think Queen's Park were probably most people's, you know, thought to get in at least into the into the into the playoffs. So, you know, it's up to up to it to keep it going. 
I think Kev, I think Kev's spot on actually with the the blip. Every team in the league will have a blip, and I think it's just the timing is imperative. And I, I think here I've done brilliantly well, as you say, Kev. But I think they still have that wee period they're going to have to get through. I think Dundee are quietly going about their business. Just you know, I know they've had their blip. I expect them to kick on, and I think between Dundee and Queens Park. That's for me anyway. I think that they're looking at those two to be the they'll both strengthen, I would imagine, in January, because they've got the finances to do that. Um I think these two could be the two to kind of watch. But no, you're right with air. I know Ali played there, I started my career there. They've done they've done brilliantly well. Lee Bullen's done a great job. I think this club as a whole's restructured. I know uh, Graham Matthews gone in there and the director of football and I think they've They've certainly restructured the, the club and certainly seem to be more professional about how they're going about their business. So that's been an interesting championship as always. I think yeah. if you look at it as well, Davey, I think if you look at the, the top four, three points between them all, I, I think it's between them. I, I, I can't see Thistle coming back. I don't know if come in and tell us, but I think it's between... I think no, I'd much rather be in that position than and be kind of mid-table looking for a run. I'd, I'd much rather be up the top thinking, OK, we've got a draw the next one if you get a win, you know. It's just about getting that wee bit of momentum in it. And if you can get two and three wins together, the three points yeah. takes, you, takes you and builds your confidence. I was just looking at stats before we came on. Earlier, guys, Aaron Dundee, last six, won four and drawn two. So you would yeah. take that, you know, from the end of the season. That's yeah. just... You know, just but just a belief there, isn't it? And it's no surprise that they're they're you know one and two. You look at um, sorry, sorry, Paul, and you go. I was just going to say in terms of the the Air United blip, it's obviously a huge game on Saturday when they're playing Thistle. Yeah, uh, for Hill, I mean that could kickstart things for Thistle again. All the off-field stuff uh, is all taken care of now. It's a huge momentum. They're trying to pack for Hill and, and Saturday, getting all the fans behind them. Lots of people going that normally don't go. So I, I think things have settled. They've had that good little period. Um, and I think the other thing about Thistle was with those, um, you know, <clears throat> a couple of weeks where they've not been playing is they've got some of the key players. I mean, in, in fairness to Ian McCall, a lot of the the angst that he had and the poor performances came when he, he lost Doherty and Tiffany, uh, big Ali, um, uh, big Brian Graham was going to see Ali Graham. Big Brian Graham was <laughs> he's a lot uh, he he's was a lost cause, lost cause. Uh, but Brian Graham, you know, was out for a couple of those games as well, so he did uh, struggle a bit. And I think the other thing um, is maybe you know the goalkeeper getting up and scoring the goals, maybe a returning point for them. Um, so. I think the game on Saturday will dictate whether Thistle are also runs this year or whether they can nudge back up in the top four. I think um, it's one Thistle probably have to win, don't it? Isn't it? Yeah, agreed. I think agreed. to put put down a marker and you know whether it's go whether it's going to be on or not is a different story, isn't it? Well, we've got the undersoil heating, remember, so it's been on for two or three days. Mm-hmm. So as long as we can get to the game, uh, yeah. I think we will. Uh, you talk about um, so going going there for clubs that are sort of getting stuff. Better um, off the park there. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Inverness. Um, obviously, a lot going on up there. I was speaking to an Inverness mate of mine, Callum. Uh, he was telling us at the weekend there um, they were playing Hamilton in the Cup. 
I think they've had injuries, so they stuck at uh, yeah. under 18 side. Right, yeah. Um, obviously, Hamilton reduced ticket prices to three quid to try and get a turnout, and the team only only got beat two and So it was like an all in all good performance. But Dodds wasn't at the game, for what I heard. Considering what's a first team game, and lots of young guys getting their opportunity, some who were actually involved with the first team already. And um, what's your take on that? I think I can I, get. I, it. I, I actually read. I, I read about that, Alan. Sorry, Kevin. I, I yeah. actually read about that, and I was wondering. But we put on a wee. I know we don't want to promote uh, gambling or anything like that. But they were an absolute <laughs> banker against Inverness because they actually announced it the Thursday night, I believe. Right. Yeah. That they were going to be fielding kids. It was the Monday. Was it? Uh, was it the Monday? Oh, there you go. That's. I mean, the, the, the odds would have dropped dramatically then because. I mean, I couldn't believe it. You know, you, you don't do that, do you? You know, just wait to... Kev, you, you wouldn't do that, would you, David? Can I yeah. announce it? You're trying to get the crowd behind you, but you're going to play kids. So there's something seriously wrong, Alan. And I'm a wee bit kind of miffed as well as you. I don't really know what the, the goings are up there. I don't know much about their philosophy at the day and who, who's in and who's the behind the scenes. I, I don't really know much about Inverness, to be quite honest. I know, I know Billy Dodds has been saying the whole season he's had lots of injuries, hasn't he? He's had about mm-hmm. 10 injuries. I, I keep hearing him saying that he doesn't seem as if any of the injuries are getting getting it any better. I think the fact that he's maybe not in the game, you know, even if he's up the stand and he lets the under-18 manager take it because there's continuity there, do you know what I mean? There's The, the kids understand the manager and they, they accept that. But the fact that he's not there is maybe, maybe a, a bit, I don't know if disrespectful is the word, but maybe he th- thinks that, you know, just leave them to it. Me being there, maybe put extra pressure on them. But ultimately, if these guys uh, want, to play, want to play in the first team, then I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. I don't think it's ever been ever been done. But you know, I think if I was a manager and I had maybe you know 10, 10 11 injuries and I was down the bottom of the league, then it's probably something that you would look at. You know, because let's be honest, I think for Billy Dodge, he's clearly saying that that cup doesn't. Does it bother him? Yeah, I think, I think that's where it comes. It's um, disrespectful uh, to the competition because yeah. that's a competition mm-hmm. that's struggling at the moment, to be brutally honest. Yeah. I think, to be honest with the you'll know, lads, Kev, Big Ali, a lot of clubs, when you start, that competition started, it was one of those that you weren't really that bothered about until you got to the later stages, semi-finals, finals, yeah. and then, because I know from the clubs I was at, I never even played paid win bonuses at the, the early rounds of that Challenge Cup because you know it was a Aye. competition that a lot of clubs felt it really got in the road to the league and you know the, mm-hmm. the games that mattered so yeah I played that, the first two finals Davey Aye. I played the first two finals being Q Cup it was at the time you could beat me in D3 too I think it was 14,000 at the game the first part yeah, mm-hmm. but you then we get beat 1-0 with United uh, with Hamilton Ackies uh, the two finals we were I think there was 11,000 there believe it or not where the Hamilton Ackies fans came for that day I've no clue <laughs> I think we took about 7,000 for air and we mm-hmm. still couldn't win it it was Ali McLeod that was in my we still couldn't win it we, we couldn't <laughs> win the competition we beat twice but that was uh, I mean that was for them to promote it as you're saying John the clubs bought into it because the fans wanted to win something. Mm-hmm. And it was a fantastic competition early doors. Mm-hmm. I think later on, a few years later, Morton won it, Hamilton again won it. I think Stranari even won it. Steny Muir, David, am I right? Steny won it. Yeah, there right. you go. Right. No, I uh, can't remember who they beat. Was it St. Johnson maybe they beat? No, it was the Dundee United. Fantastic. Stranari, St. Johnson. Yeah. 
That's right. Uh, Great competition for the smaller clubs. Mm-hmm. But you're right, what's happened to it? Nobody uh, seems to be interested. Yeah, I think there's... <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I was just going to say, um, in terms of in terms of the cup, obviously under 18s, I think um, Callum has mentioned that there's a lot going on in the background. I think uh, Inverness are actually sort of similar story to what Falkirk were early in the season. They're sort of at a stage financially where they're talking about mismanagement, potentially leading them to um, go part-time. Uh, I think they had a failed venture for a, a house concert company as part of the ground. Um, without money coming in and following crowds, etc., they're, um, they're struggling. So whether that's contributing to the atmosphere at the club um, and then this obviously maybe nobody else any other players coming in so he's literally having to I uh, just dropped to the 18 rather than risk losing anybody else which might mean a quiet January for Inverness does this John does this coincide with and I know Cove only doing particularly well up a league again but does it does it, does it you know because maybe there's a kind of catchment area for players up there isn't there are Inverness no doing as well because they're maybe not getting the same players as they got before or they possibly could do I mean you've got to remember they've obviously lost a bit of finance from coming out of the premiership into the championship and yeah. there is a bit of a, a, a gap there and they've been out of the top league for a good few years now and obviously yeah. they've, they've not been the best supported team either the last few years either so um, yeah I don't have the, the same knowledge as um, of Inverness's people up there obviously well so they might be distracting themselves I mean if they're going to bring people up to Inverness they need to pay a bit more than usual but they're obviously struggling for that now. Um, I need to read out a tweet from an area United fan just because we're talking about them. Tony Lee Curry says, when he watched Annan beat us in penalties back in July in the Premier Sports Cup, I real didn't drive home, expect us to be top at Championship at Christmas, but here we are so very close to doing that. Outstanding season considering the fight we had just to stay up last year. I think that sums up um, where they are at the moment. But one team that's struggling, that um, we're talking about teams who are have come down from the Premiership and not done as well. Hamilton really are um, struggling oh. right now. And uh, you got to feel for John Rankin, but, um, you know, can he keep Hamilton up? Is he going to be allowed the time? This is the big thing. I think he, I think the, the thing for, for them is they've got a structure, haven't they? They bring young kids in and they play young kids and that's it. That's the way they go and they want to, you know, sell them for more. I think if you get rid of John Rankin, who do you bring in? You know, I know there's always going to be somebody. You know, he know he knows the club. He was a he was assistant, if 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 I'm right, uh, under Stuart Stuart Taylor. So he's probably got a relationship with them as well. You know, so it's I think it's a diff, a difficult one for Hamilton because, like Ali said earlier, they don't get many fans. You know, they're 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 dependent almost on selling players on. So they've got a model that they have to stick to because the, let's be honest, they're not going to go and spend X Y Z X Y and Z on transfer fee or bringing a, bringing a, player, a couple of players in. I think their model is is their model and I think they'll live and die by that model if that makes sense because I don't see I don't see them changing it any anytime soon because it's what for them in the past. I've been to a couple of games I go down to Hampton you know a few times a season it's just in the hill for me it's local um, and I think we're listening to the supporters that run about me I think it's the current regime that they're, they're angry with now Aye, they bring young players through, but the big players, the, the players they brought through, it was 15, 16 years ago when they were getting moves, these boys. They don't seem to be getting the same young boys through that are getting, you know, the publicity that the MacArthur's and McCarthy's got at the time. Mm. You know, I know there's been different regimes during that time, but I think it's the current one that they're fed up with. And the fans are they're, they're talking with their feet, basically. Um, they're not going back because of that. 
Um, you know, it's all right. I can hear them. I can hear them saying they kind of. It's all right bringing young boys through, but they can't keep. You can't keep using that as an excuse. There's some. You've got to start winning games. You've got to get a couple of experienced boys in to help these guys, and it doesn't seem to be happening. So they're kind of. They're talking with their feet, Kevin. Definitely 100 yeah. percent because I've never seen it so empty when I go at times. You know, um, and it's a shame. It's a crack me stadium. You know, being local, you know, and I know a lot of Fisco Bright that go down there to support them as well, and they're kind of all saying the same thing. Um, so, for them to get relegated this year would be an absolute disaster for the club. Yeah, Ben McNichol, um, the journalist, is a Hamilton fan. Um, don't know if he's know the name, but he says, um, quite simple, it's been bitterly disappointing. Bottom of the championship isn't acceptable. We're perhaps fortunate not to be further adrift. Um, big changes need for the second half of the season or could be done by February. Um, to answer your question, um, who would come in for John Rankin? Hamilton's model seems to be bringing a rookie coach um, to bring these players on and then if that doesn't work, bring in another one because that's, that's how Alex Neal got his um, gig, that's how Martin Cannon got his gig, um, that's how Brian Rice got his opportunities, um, although he'd had a lot of experience as a coach, obviously. This seems to be their model. If they're going to bring John Rankin they're going to have to change that and bring in some of the experience because otherwise um, there's just no point. Do you think? Yeah, they do we do left in him and don't he Morton and he's yeah. he's sitting fourth in the league. You know he's doing really well. Yeah. I mean he came through the whole right. He came through every, every badge and they put him through everything there and then he's away doing to Morton. So I don't know what happened there with him. But um, yeah, that he back? Spell it. He had that wee spell at Livy as well, though, Ali, didn't he? You know, he yeah, went to Livingston. Yeah. But I think going back to Hamilton. I I think they're, if you look over the years, I've always had, as Ali said, they've always had a bit of experience to help the young boys. Yeah. It doesn't look like they've got any real experienced players and maybe that's down to finance. Um, they've probably, all the players that have moved on, even like to Lewis Ferguson, there's probably been add-ons that they've, they've got money over the years from. I think that's probably dried up and I think they're now in a position that Young players is, is great, and we're all I'm all for it developing players. But I'm quite sure the, the pros amongst us, the ex pros, Ali Kev, you still need that guidance on the pitch, regardless of who your coach on the sidelines is. I think the most valuable players on the pitch are the, the good, experienced pros that help the young players come through, and they don't seem I to have any worry. of that at the moment. Yeah, I think the worry for me if I was at Hamilton is the fact that. They've lost five and drawn one in the last six. You know that's a that's a scary, scary stat. Not even not even a win in there. But and then when you look at when you look at the flip side of that, they're on that run. They're only two points behind our growth. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know you've got to look at. I, I think you would look at that's a positive that they're only two points behind our growth. But the negative would be the worry would be that they're only you know they've only what they've won none in the last six. They only drew one game. And they've had a few hammerings in there as well. You, ha- you have to say, even at this stage of the season, Kev, just like you're saying there, they're getting a bit detached day too down there. I mean, what's happened yeah. to our growth as well, John? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I know. flying. And then all of a sudden, they've won two games this season, the same as Hamilton Aki's, two out of 17. I mean, not yeah, good enough. Crazy. And they'd, they'd started the Premier Sports Cup very well. They won all yeah. four games in their group um, in the Premier Sports Cup. And you think, well, maybe they've. I don't think many people expect them to challenge like they did last season. No. I think one or two still expect them maybe to be in the playoffs at the top end. I think people need to keep remembering that they are still a part-time team. They're the only part-time team, or, well, Cover kind of part-time, but I think they can even pay more. But um, 
it's still quite surprising to see with that. I mean, they are struggling for goals. I mean, I think since Newbley went back to Livingston last season, they've struggled for goals, really. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they end up. Um, Stephen Lauder, the Wraith Rovers fans, um, this is quite um, interesting. Confusing. Um, poor start, then look to really do something, then revert to being poor last few games. Still no idea whether we'll end up in a promotion playoff or a relegation scrap. So, <laughs> and as he ends up, it keeps it interesting, he guesses. <laughs> I was just going to say, David, it's a championship the way it's been the last five or six years. Yeah. Just yeah. touching on, touch on the Hamilton thing. The situation with Hamilton is, is if, as you know, in the championship, Division 1 and Division 2, they are so dependent on the money that comes through the gate because the money that is coming down from the distribution model from the, from the top of the game is so small. You know, you're talking about, you know, a turnover in the Premier League of one of the smaller clubs, a St Mern or uh, a St Johnson, like five million. You know, you get down to the Championship and you're lucky if your turnover's maybe one and a half, two million, if you're one of those smaller clubs. So I think the Hamilton thing is just a legacy of the dropout. They were in an unnatural position being in the Premiership for so long and they had lots of money coming in. They, did, they weren't spending, they were getting guys from, you know, the <clears throat> the bottom of the, the pyramid down in England and those supplemented with some of the young lads. So I think they're actually in the natural place that Hamilton for their size and their stature probably should be. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, before we move on to um, League One, etc., Paul, we, we have to cover um, the issues within the party Thistle boards. Um, it Six, six directors resigning last week. Um, there's a bit of a debacle with um, the two fans groups. Can you enlighten us um, for those who are not quite in the know as to what the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean, the, the story, very briefly, uh, without boring in party, this whole internal politics, is basically we were the luckiest fans in the, the planet when, uh, when Colin Weir uh, you know, was going to gift us the, the shares. Unfortunately, as we know, Colin passed away. And that meant there was a kind of a void there. And uh, Jackie Lowe, who was his uh, sidekick and his advisor, um, kind of wanted fans' ownership because Colin wanted it, but kind of wanted to bring her own people in and continue to run the club. Uh, she was often quoted as being, you know, she wanted to be like the Ann Budge. The difference was it was Colin Weir's money. It, it wasn't her money. And with Ann Budge at hearts, it was Ann's money that mm. kind of dictated it. So there was a bit of a, a falling out because she wouldn't pass the shares over to the, the, the Jags Foundation and um, put this group of three or four people on uh, to hopefully keep things moving along. But once the fans got an idea there was going to be democracy there and they were going to be in charge and it was their club, um, it was doomed. And uh, I was surprised they went so quickly, but it, it was untenable because you, you can't have a board to have not actually get the shareholding anymore. So it's all done. It's dusted. Uh, The new fans groups are working together. Uh, There's two or three meetings organised for next week. And um, as I said, and I think one of the articles in the newspaper this week, uh, it doesn't really impact, I don't think, on the park. Uh, There was a good gap between the last game and the the, the next game. And uh, at the end of the day, as soon as the whistle goes and they go on the park, they're not really interested in the politics of it. So it should all settle down, in it, and I'm pretty hopeful, optimistic for the future. I think it only affects the players, Paul, when, when, when they're not getting paid. I think that's when I, it affects the players. Yep. yep. So anything is on the background, there's no interest in it. 
Yeah. But, um, and you know what right, Ian McCall's we, like? We, we Alex, yeah. done in the world of good. The World Cup's been Aye. brilliant, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and McCall's no mug, you know? He, he'll be anybody's pal as long as he keeps getting paid and he, you know, he keeps on getting these requests in for more players. I mean, one of the benefits that this will potentially have is the fans now chipping in the money every single month will give them a wee windfall that they hadn't got before. So that might be useful too in terms of January coming up. Yeah. But what happens, Paul, when they fans stop putting that money in, though, if they did, being devil's well, advocate here? No, the thing is, Kevin, this, this uh, structure's been going now. I did the first one at Still and Albion in 2010. We've now got Morton, we've got St Murn, we've got Motherwell. We've got cases where what tends to happen is the fans don't. It's a bit like the golf club mentality. You pay your green fees and you pay your membership, and that's the kind of structure. That's the structure that works right across Germany. It works in Uruguay, it works in Argentina, works in Brazil. All those clubs are actually membership clubs. It's just the structure here in Scotland really changed in the 30s and the 40s uh, when limited companies became the owners and families started dominating the boardrooms and excluding other people. So, I mean, history, hearts have now been going, what, eight years? And pretty consistently, they've had over 8,000 people playing in every single month. So you, you tend not to have a drop-off. Um, the, the smaller the club is, the harder it is. So the likes are still in Albion. You've maybe only got 200 people contributing. It's not great, but the bigger the club is, the easier it becomes. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll see how um, if other clubs follow those models in years to come. Um, getting into uh, League One now, um, Alan, you're obviously getting too used to this league. Um, What's this since 2018 <laughs> now? Um, must yeah, be a disaster. Well, I, mean, I think... Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I predicted Falkirk would come up, but most people, I think, had Dunfermline and, unsurprisingly, they're five points clear of the surprise package of the season in that, in that league, FC Edinburgh. Falkirk are another couple of points behind. Um, Dunfermline have only lost the one game this season, which was against Montrose. They won the big derby, um, well, if you can call it a derby, against Falkirk. Um, <laughs> do you concede the title just now, Alan, or do you still think two victories against the Pars and we're right back in this? See the thing is, it's um, I think there's a there's a sizable gap. I think it was like morale took a massive hit uh, because that was such a drab game. And Dunfermline, if they've been good at one thing this season, it's turning results into wins or whatever, getting points on the table when they didn't look possible. Um, and yeah, they they turned it into a win, and that was quite damaging for us. I mean, the gaps five points to Edinburgh. There's still a long way the season to go. And see so if you look at the form table, it's no we're not a world apart. Um, I mean, in terms of the last, even just the last sort of 10 games, um, there's only three points between us and us and Dunfermline. Um, nobody's really blowing the competition away. Um, so there's always a chance, but um, for sure Dunfermline are the ones that are looking most likely. Um, uh, there's some clubs that obviously have struggled um, this season. Um, I mean, you look at, obviously, Peter Head, um, McAnally stepping down after, what, 11 years? Um, that, was a, that was a big... Uh, Big change for us this season. They, they're still struggling, and the big good thing for Falkirk is um, the only points they've taken this season are off of Edinburgh, Dunfermline, and Airdrie, so clubs around us. Um, but uh, yeah, they're struggling a wee bit. Just because talking about very briefly about um, you're talking about the fan ownership, Falkirk have been on that this week. Well, they've been on it for the past couple of months actually, um, trying to ramp up uh, monthly uh, contributions for supporters through the supporter society. Um, 
And uh, this week we've had a bit of stick, uh, I think particularly on Dunfermline fan podcasts, because uh, Falkirk have released 25 10-year season tickets at the cost of five grand a piece. Um, and obviously you get hospitality and main stand seats and all these wee extra perks, but a lot of folk are saying that's a, a ridiculous sum of money. You know, it, it's, it screams of desperation. Um, so uh, we've, we've had a bit of stick um, this week, for sure. Can you count MDL in What's that? Can you count MDL suit in the running? You've got them hey. in there, you've got Falkirk. I mean, it's, it's quite tight between the top kind of five teams, isn't it? It, it is. I mean, the thing is, you've got the guys who are always going to be hanging about um, to come to come the end of the season. I mean, Dunfermline obviously are going to be right up there. If, if Edinburgh can keep their form up, I mean, the thing is, uh, have you, has any of these seen Meadowbank Stadium? Um, you seen the photos? Uh, I've seen the photos of it. I've seen tweets, yeah. It's still it's the worst ground in the league <laughs> by a mile. Like, I mean, the fans, like, you can't even see the pitch. Um, so I guess if they, aye, it, it's, it's an absolute joke, but they've obviously, despite the name change and the stuff going on there, they've managed to kick on. Um, I think we're quite surprised by Kelty this year. Um, a lot of folk thought they would come up and it was just part of their natural progression that they would solidify themselves in the division, at least competing for a playoff place, but they, they seem to be really struggling. So I think you'd like to Kelty and Queen of the South, um, obviously Clyde and Peterhead and stuff, they're probably out, but everybody else is chasing playoff spots. Yeah. Um, for sure. I, I mean, I, I, uh, it's a, it's a I've, I've seen a few League One games actually, guys, and it's a mental league. Queen of the South beat Edinburgh, or the Edinburgh City, whatever they're called now. Twice I've been in surprised a week. with Queen of the South, Davey. Oh, every time I look at me, seem to get results or score goals, and aye, I, I thought they'd have struggled this year. I know they're, they're, they're doing, doing there a wee bit, but they're not that far behind them. They're pretty safe, so I've been surprised with them. Uh, I watched them at Dunfermline last in the, the draw and uh, to be honest they probably should have won the game but then at the same time they're capable of going getting battered 4-0 by Clyde you know and it, <laughs> yeah. it's, they're just so inconsistent but that's what I was saying that, it's a mental league because Edinburgh yeah. City probably the worst team I'd seen at Palmerston I'd seen about three or four games twice in a week Queen's beat them and then they're sitting second top and you think how is what's going on here? You know, yeah. and uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, and Katie, uh, who's a um, Airdrie fan, says uh, a bit of a roller coaster so far, which definitely sums up them because they started well, then they had a bit of a bad run, then they yeah. seem to picked up again. She did say they need to strengthen the squads. They've got a few injuries and got to praise the academy players have come in when needed. So um, she's happy there from that point of view. And we asked Colin Byers, who's a Peterhead fan, um, about their season and he just simply said you really want me to answer that I think it's fair <laughs> to say that Clyde and Peterhead although they've changed managers and brought in well Clyde have brought an experience in Jim Duffy um, Peterhead have gone for the interesting choice to David Robertson who I wish all the best but is it far too late because I can't see them I think the two at worst the two of them will swap every week <laughs> yeah, and yeah I think that's as close as they're going to get isn't it they're going to get above each other and I think it's who stays up because go over the next, and I think there's some like nine points ahead of them, something give or take, something are, are like that. Clyde, so, um, are Clyde Grimshaw, are they uh, Hamilton? Hamilton, yeah, at Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton, yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I think it, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a struggle for them to, you know, I, I think what Ali was saying earlier, you know, regarding Inverness as well. But if you look at, if you look at the the leagues, you know, and even even the the teams that are up, you know, apart from obviously Ross County, but. Further up north, that find it difficult to get players 
are the ones that are down, you know, lower. You know, the central belt central belt teams, especially in the, the championship and the first division, you know, the central belt teams should I think yeah. be able to, you know, entice players to them rather than because there's not a big journey. You know, because if yeah. you think about it, if you're you're in Glasgow, say, and you're going up to Peterhead, that is a trek and they've probably not got as much money. Even Cove, they've probably not got as much money or that spare income as what they had previous when they were doing really, really well. Peterhead. Yeah. Paul will probably know, you know, you know, talking about the Thistle thing, their great rivals, Clyde, the situation, Danny left. They're looking to move back into Glasgow. There's a lot of transition going about that club as well. Uh, and, and I don't know if the players, I don't know about the payments, I don't know about how much they're getting paid or whatever, but they've really struggled for a while now, Paul. You know, I mean, I, I worry it's a great them, stadium like and a great place to play, but they want to get out of Cumbernauld, especially yeah. after all the, well, we've spoken about it on here, mm-hmm. the, the, the David Goodwillie saga when they're going to Wraith and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's kind of fell apart since then, really. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it, it, it's a, a situation where. I don't think they were ever comfortable in Cumbernauld anyway, and I don't no. think they had ever had enough resources to really get the locals involved. And then when the co- the Colts started appearing in the scene, that was nipping away at the academy and then their community programme. Um, the, I, I think Clyde, to be honest, is, is since they left Shawfield, uh, and I know there was some stuff this week, I'm going back and memory, memories and all that kind of stuff about it and pictures there, because uh, Shawfield Stadium's getting pulled down, apparently, and housing's getting put up. I, I, I do worry about them probably more than any other club. Um, yeah. I, I just cannot see a way back for them. Cumbernauld was an experiment. It probably went on for too long. Is there somewhere else in Glasgow they can go back to? I doubt it, especially now that, you know, Queen's Park have, you know, passed them by. Um, other clubs like Broomhill, you know, there's, there's other competition they'll let coming up behind them. So I think Paul, I the biggest mistake, happened. the biggest mistake was when the, the, the opportunity moved to East Kilbride, they never took it. I think that was a Absolutely. big, big mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, we, I think when you look at when you look at Clyde, it's probably you need somebody to come in, I think, and just wipe the floor and almost rip it up and start again. You know, if that's if somebody's going to do that, because I know they're a CIC, aren't they? I think Yeah, I think the problem is, Kevin. Yeah, the problem is, Kevin, is is Again, you're losing your supporter base. You know, I, I, and Ali started by saying, you know, it used to be a great rivalry between Thistle and Clyde, and it, and it was. You know, when I was growing up as a boy, it was, you know, you enjoyed going to the Clyde games. They were important games, but they've, they've just lost their way. And as the, the demographic changes, all their traditional support came from Rutherland and, you know, that kind of area, and it's just gone. Um, and also, you used to get, they used to get, uh, Celtic fans who used to go and when Celtic were away for home up at Aberdeen and used to get a whole load of extra support, but it's just gone. And, and, and until they find a home, you're you're going to struggle. Do you think if they went back to that East End sort of area, I know they were in Shawfield, so you might pick up that Celtic contingent that have left maybe. maybe in well, they were games. talking about Helenville area again, weren't they, Paul? Talking about yeah. Helenville. Aye. <laughs> they talking about a, that area again. They had a few options. The problem is, if you you know yourself, Alan, if you take away your asset, which is your ground, and mm-hmm. your your and your support shrinking, I don't know what the support is. Maybe seven hundred, maybe I don't know. It's, you some of you have seen them more recently than me. But how do you generate income when you've got no ground? 
And it's not just the ground itself, it's the advertise, it's the track side, it's the hospitality. Yeah. You, you take, you wipe all that away. Because back to the point we made earlier, if you're only getting 2% of the income of Scottish football drifting down to those leagues, and you're hardly getting anybody walking through the turnstile, and you're paying rent to they somebody else to play in the park, yeah. you have no chance. That's that's why, I, that's why I'm saying that if you rip it up and you start again almost, you know, I know Clyde fans probably won't like me saying that, you know, but... Is that an yeah. opportunity to go and I say, think, right, I think the problem there, good. Kev, I think the problem there is you've got to stay in the league. You can't do, you know, I know what happened yeah. to Clyde Bank all the years ago. Mm-hmm. They're starting to come back as a decent junior team now and they're trying to get through the pyramid system. Clyde would need to do that and stay in the, the, the league because you've seen yourself what happens once you come out of that. Oh, the yeah, top definitely. It's difficult to get back in, mate, you know. And I think, that would be the, I think that would be the, the, the problem for the Clyde fans. Yeah, they'd need to take their medicine and maybe just stay in stay in division division one and then go, right, okay, yeah. hopefully somebody comes in and or you know, they can get more money from somewhere. But you know, they need that, like you both said, I think they definitely need a home to call their own for the amount of advertising, etc. that money that they're leaving, you know, will be huge, vast. Yeah. Yes. It boils down to finance again, doesn't it? I mean yeah. As you know, there's some some of these junior clubs, Ali, or the the, the lowly league clubs, and the, your your Darvels are paying more money than Clyde yeah. are paying. Absolutely, you know, and that's the danger. That if these clubs start to drop, you know, if Clyde get relegated and they drop into League Two, you're only a season away from dropping out of senior football. Yeah, and yeah. you'll see League. There'll be clubs panicking come January time in League Two. Because yeah. when they drop out, how hard it is to get back into this at that level? I mean, you know, East Stirling have disappeared, Berwick have disappeared, Cowden Beef will be struggling. You know, that's three teams that have historically been members of the Scottish League for 100 years plus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, <coughs> so a lot of community clubs back. coming in now, Davey. A lot of community that, clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that goes back to what Paul was saying Clyde have lost that identity. They yeah. don't have yeah. that anymore, you know. So, what have they got to offer, and what what is it attracting? What can Clyde offer to attract? First of all, players when they can't pay the money that some clubs are playing, but also what can they attract young fans? They'd rather yeah. go to Broomhill. They'd rather go and watch. I think as well. I think as well the modern day footballer would rather go and get his five hundred quid at Darvel and play in the League right. One with Clyde and get. I think that's the problem, Kevin. Yeah. Boys, yeah, yeah. you know. It's all about the budo now. It's not about the prestige and playing yeah. at, a, at the highest level you can. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. I don't know if he's agreed. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Ali, what, what are told? Play, play as, at the highest level for as long as you can. Yeah. That was yeah. what we used to get told. Now, Broomhill yeah. or Darville are offering you 500 quid a week. Or do I go to Clyde for 100 By the way, I don't know. I'm just, I just yeah. said that. I just yeah. said that. You know what it is? It's true though. We all know Darville are paying decent money to players. Yeah, and and I think, I know I think as well, those You'll know, Kev, when you're at Albion Rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. League, I, junior clubs are paying more than League Two clubs. Yeah, I, th- I think that has to. I think as you, if you're a footballer, yeah, money certainly comes into it. I think as well, especially if you're dropping, if you're dropping down, you're getting a bit, a bit older. But I think yeah. there's also there's also that factor. Can the club go somewhere within you know day two years? You know, is there, is there a project? So you would go to Darvel because. Yeah, there's money there, but there's a project as well. You know, you, yeah, you look at it and go, well, wait a wee minute here. If I go here, I'm going to get good money. But I can also 
probably get them. Win a league, can win probably one of the one of the cups that they're in, you know. But yeah, I can, I can get to that. I can get to that. I can get them to League Two or the Lowland League. You just look at Brecon, you know. Brecon are, I think, they're undefeated this this season. You know, that's one of the teams that disappeared. But they're in the Highland League, which I don't. I might be wrong, but I don't know if that's as competitive as the Lowland League. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I might be doing them a disservice. But I think Andy Kirk's done really well there to go this part of this time of the season undefeated. And you look at you look at when we go into Div Two, you look at Bonnie Rig, you look at you look at Albion, you look at you know the teams that are down there. You know, even even staying at your point are falling down. I know there's there's a short short window. You know, there's only like six six points from you know bottom bottom two to the playoffs. But any any one of the teams down there will be looking over their shoulder thinking. We're going to get breaking, and we're maybe going to get. If you look at it just now, East Kilbride are still in university in the Lowland League. You know, I don't think they'll be looking at that going. Yeah, we're a, we're a hundred percent certain certainties yeah. to win that. Mm-hmm. I think as well when we we look at League One, John. I think if you look at the bottom two as we've been speaking about, Clyde and Peterhead. Mm-hmm. I think if they one of them gets relegated. And, and they go down to that league. That's when you know you're in serious trouble because it's a it's a dog eat dog doing that bottom league, Kev. You know, yeah, yeah. Every day beats every day every week, and you're no guaranteed coming straight back up in that league. I think um, part of the reason why Peterhead have went for someone like David Robertson is with getting into league two in mind because they can almost start fresh. Um, getting into that league, it's, I think Peterhead would probably still have that model because they've obviously had for years paying a wee bit more to get attract players from the central build up and certainly that was the case under McAnally whereas um, I think Clyde's will really struggle uh, especially against other central belt teams in that league before we move on to League 2 Alan um, Alan you wanted to mention something quickly Aye um, so Paul got a bit of post on um, December 6th to say that uh, I don't know if any of you guys will, will remember him um, the forward called Sammy Wilson uh, played for Falkirk in the 60s uh, he was a Northern Ireland international um, so he passed away and I just did a wee bit of research because um, I wasn't familiar with him. And uh, he was quite prolific for Falkirk. Um, 60 games, 28 goals, so a goal every other game. And uh, he actually scored against Scotland in a 2-1-1 in 1963 um, for Ireland. And he uh, got to play alongside George Best. Um, also also scored in a 4-3 loss against England with Bobby Charlton, Jimmy Greaves, etc. So uh, that was why we were playing for Falkirk. So, I mean, uh, aye, we were a big club back in the day. But that was the news this week, so we got sad. I was actually, Alan, I was actually reading something on the social media a couple of weeks ago, and I, the guy's name escapes me. He was an East Fife player, and he had a testimonial. And Billy McNeil and Tommy Gemmell, Bobby Charlton, George Best, got to come up for it. Played for East Fife. <laughs> what a photograph it is. I'm ready to try and look at it. I mean, I, I can't believe it. The guy was an East Fife player. <laughs> And oh, all, yeah, these, all, these, all, these, all these legends, did you see it, Davey? All these legends turned up for him. Ah, I saw the picture. Fantastic. I remember, like you, I can't remember his name, but I, I saw the picture. Aye, imagine sitting in the dressing room, they all walk in, Kev. No? Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually watching it going, it's Bobby Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> People will Brilliant. be um, listen, uh, younger people listening, so we wonder what is a testimonial. Well, for those who listen, well, <laughs> it's for exactly. players who play for clubs like ten years plus. Sometimes well, I've, I've always told you, if you get a t- testimonial, nobody else wanted you. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, they should make an Ali Graham testimonial, but that would probably have to play in a oh, tournament. Was long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty teams in a tournament. I'm just saying, I set me. 
Aye, that's it. <laughs> You're a good career. That's all we've got to say. Um, into the league two, um, and looking at looking at the top, is it fair to say that it's a two horse race um, at the moment, or do you still think there's the hopes for the likes of Elgin, who've been a surprise package, Stuart etc., to come in, or do you think Dumbarton and Stirling Albion will fight out between them? I think it's a two horse race. I think they've been the most consistent. I think Dumbarton have been really consistent. They had a wee wobble and then Stirling was consistent. But you know, I, I think I can't really see any other team going on a run that they've they two teams will go on. You know, Elgin are Elgin are doing really, really well, you know, because they're not far away, you know, up up the up the country a little bit. So they're doing 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 fantastic. But you know, nine points is difficult to come back from in that league because there's no when do, you, when do you ever hear, apart from obviously Dumbarton this season, when do you ever hear the teams going in five, six, seven game winning runs in that league? Very, very few. You know, and they can all beat, they can all beat everybody on their day. Yeah. I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Dumbarton. You know, I think they surprised me this season, Kev. I really didn't yeah. expect them to be where they are, but just shows you they've recruited well. You know, the new manager's come in, he's got his own team and they uh, yeah, right. I think them and still in Albion and possibly Elgin look like the three that will be fighting it out. But it's uh, it's a, I think the bottom end's the one that, that more interesting in terms of clubs will panic. Like I said earlier, they'll yeah. panic if they're going to be in that bottom spot at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They'll panic. I know from my own experience at Stennis Muir how much the board panicked, or even it thought I'd been in that bottom spot in the playoffs. You know, so. You might find some of the clubs desperately trying to attract players in January. You know, at the moment, Bonnie Rig, you know, have they, they've come into the league and they have that new league, new club. They started okay, but now they're sitting bottom of the table. You know, you look at their team, there's not a lot of league experience in it. You know, and Albion Rovers, who are always there or thereabouts, as you know, Kev, yeah. they've, they've got the They've been over the course and distance. They probably, probably do enough to stay up. <laughs> it's like Sasteni have obviously sacked their manager, so they'll be looking for somebody new to come in and try and get them going. Yeah, Annan, Annan, they were a surprise. I thought they'd have <laughs> been better than they were this season, especially like one of the other teams that started the league, the old league cup section really mm-hmm. well. Beat St Johnson, beat Queen of the South, you know, and then they're sitting second, third, bottom, but. It's, uh, I think maybe for the bottom to fourth. I think they've, they've all won three, four games each. Uh, you, you know, that's different. the difference. The points, I mean, you're right. They're all searching for that guy that can get them, you know, or get them a few goals and get them up the table and go on a run. If you can go on a run now because it's so tight, yeah. I think there's six points. Six points for the bottom into the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that league's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. No, no, it's, it's, well, Elgin, Elgin are sitting third, um, nine points behind the Barton, but they're eight points ahead of the Rex. So they're still closer to the bottom than they're at the top, even though they're having a good season. <laughs> um, but Connolly, who's um, obviously been on a couple of times, um, describes his season up and down. We're called the yo-yos for a reason. I thought yo-yos was when you go in a league and out a league, but that's another. <laughs> um, he says, uh, sitting comfortably second, but a rough run fixture's coming up, but there's something different about the team this season with key players back to the best. It's all to play for. Hashtag rave on. Um, I think, to be fair, Dan Young's um, having an effect now. Now that he's got his own team, he's always been a decent manager at that level. Well, we know and East Fife, and now he's doing it at um, 
it's still not been um, a couple of shares to people who were putting into a Ryan Moffat um, talking about Bunny Rake saying currently bottom which doesn't look great but it's a harsh reflection in the month, last month or so four draws in a row three away from home and one against Dumbarton um, we're a win away from kicking on claiming the table um, and there was an Albion Rovers fan here just find them um, David Crichton says we've played well in nearly every game our lack of strike has been crucial though and our squad this time has been decimated by injury recently perhaps the arrival of a low knee hit man in January window could turn things around I'll be nervous I'll be honest I expected them to be cut adrift at the bottom but they're punching the fact they're not I mean yeah they're joint bottom just now but they're not they're not cut adrift like a lot of people thought they were. And no. in athletic, I don't know what it is about them. They must listen to our podcast and do the opposite. A couple of years ago, I thought they'd do well. <laughs> they were near the bottom. Last year, me and Ali tipped them to go down. They were um, ne- they nearly got promoted. Then the two is predicting right. them to get promoted this season. And they're struggling. What's going on? <laughs> but I think if you look at, I think if you look at Anne, they, they go in cycles, don't they? Like you're saying, John, it's like one one good season they're up there, and then the next season. They, they struggle and then the next season they go up again you know you look at it they were so close to getting promoted when Clyde <laughs> get promoted you know they were in the playoffs they probably probably should have beat beat Clyde I think uh, when Clyde stayed up but you know, it's a difficult place to go I think they'll get some really really good players as well you know I'm thinking about Tony Wallace he's, he scores goals for fun you know I don't know how much how much he scored uh, just now but I think they have a way of playing that really, really suits their, their their way of playing. You know, they they get it, they get it forward, and they, they put you under pressure. And they are, if you look at if you look at Albion and Bonnie Rig, you probably look at they two and you think that Annan will be higher than they two. But I agree with what you're saying. I think Albion Rovers have have been on the cusp. You know, late games of late 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 in the game they've lost goals. When they probably should have drawn, so I think they pro- Albion probably should be about maybe four or five points better off than what they are. And you know, I certainly, I certainly hope that the the back in the, the second half of the season that they they get their points and they they start to climb away from the bottom. Because, like Davey said, any any team there, any team in that playoff will be worried. I think um, there's another club there that's sitting um, sort of tidy, uh, uh, Stranraer. Uh, they've obviously got the fairly inexperienced duo. They've got Jamie Jamie Hamill and the next folk at Daryl Dodds, um, his assistant. I think he just got his um, B license um, in the summer, um, and they are formidable at him. Um, absolutely brilliant at him, but the form uh, away for him is garbage. Um, can he get a win to save themselves? I think it's bottom of the form table. Um, so that seems like a recipe that if they can just start getting points away for him, then they could climb. Because I think I don't think they've even won away for him this season. Um, but uh, they seem to be doing all right. Aye. So they've, no, they've no one again. Drawn two away for him, lost five. Um, but like I say, the top, uh, the best, uh, best home form, home form in the league. So if they can start getting points in the road, um, they're no far behind. Um, they're sitting fourth on twenty three points there, so they can get themselves up a position or two. Yeah, um, Brian Martin, the um, Stranraer fan on Twitter, said that um, season has been running at home but poor away from home. Arguably, along with having always lowest budget in the league, um, um, sitting for me, so doing well. And also, Jamie Hamill's made good signs about five kids who play at a higher level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Stranraer, I've always thought, was a bit of a mess. I'd, uh, I thought they'll not be near relegation, they'll not be near promotion, but they're actually yeah. slap bang in the middle right now in terms of they could do either. Who knows? Um, David, it's interesting you mentioned your old club, Stenhouse Muir. Um, you're 
predecessor, um, Stephen Swiss's job. They'd made 20 signings last season. Are you surprised that um, they're struggling a bit this season, or could you see the writing on the wall almost? I was surprised they've, they've struggled the way they have, considering the amount of players they've brought in. I mean, their budget was extended quite considerably um, after I left. Um, so I did expect them to kick on, but like I say, they're only three points, I think, off bottom. And knowing the board, they'll, they've decided to press the button now because they don't, they don't want to be anywhere near that bottom spot because anything can happen when you end up down there. They've seen Ray McKinnon's gone into Forfar. He's got, a, he's got that new manager bounce. He's got them off the bottom. So I think League Two is probably one of the most unpredictable leagues you'll get. You know, you're, you're looking at managers, Kev, Ali, you'll know that that level, you're looking to beg steel players for you at times. You know, junior clubs, Premier League youngsters, you know, experienced boys that have been released in January. You'll, you'll do anything to try and get something to give you that wee kick for the second part of the season because, you know, it's... Going back to what I said earlier, if you drop out that league, you know, you could be gone forever. So I think there'll be three or four teams, Steny, Forfa, um, Annan, and possibly Bonnie Rig as well will be looking to try and do something in January to try and give themselves that wee bit of... I honestly, Davey, I honestly can't choose between the, the bottom six, seven teams there who's going to struggle. I'm, 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 I'm really struggling, mate. I, I can't... John will come to his later on with predictions this week and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll do my, my Bonnie Rig Rose one because I'm, I'm like the, the boy that was saying, I've watched him this season and it's been a last 96-minute goal against them or it's been, they've been unlucky. Mm. And that we just that's the difference in it. You're getting you the three points to the Aye. point. It really is a difference and that league shows you how tight it is. I mean, they've been beating, battering anybody and, Teams have been getting last-minute goals, and it's just so tight, it's unbelievable. It's Any one of them can go down. And I wouldn't like to choose one amongst the lot. Colin, you come before we forget about you. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, um, as the boys have said, it's just an incredible league. I mean, if you're, you're looking to see unpredictability and excitement, it's definitely a league to go and watch some games because it is. I mean, I've seen a few of the teams this year, seen Bonnie Riggs, seen Steny. Um, they both look like all right sides. I, I think the big thing for me, and I think Ali will back this up, is like at that level, if you've just got a, a reasonable side, but you've got a striker for it that you can put away 15, 16 goals, you're laughing. And it'll either take you out of trouble or help kick you on at the top. But the thing few those I think, Paul, I think Paul Gavin Price, Gavin Price has got that up at Elgin, hasn't he? He's yeah. got Hester banging yeah, in about 14, that, yeah. 15 goals. But the rest of them don't seem to have it, Ali. And that, yeah. and that, and and we know all you guys as you know managers. That's what you're looking for in January because it can transform any one of those teams. But God only knows where you find them. He thinks then he'll stay with uh, Sean Crichton, David. I don't know, Kev. I mean, like every job that comes up, there'll be a lot of people looking at that and thinking, you know, it's a good wee number, part time, decent budget. Um, I think they go to Dumbarton at the weekend, Kev. So yeah. I think if he loses that, then 
that could be, you know, if the results, the other results go, they could find themselves pretty much near the bottom of the league. Yeah. I think they'll look to bring somebody in very quickly, but I don't know if Sean's wanting it. He, he may well do, but I think it'll all depend on how he gets on on Saturday. Interesting to see, because I think probably, he's probably a leader of the team, isn't he? He probably needs, Aye, needs, to, play, he needs to play, yeah. doesn't he? Probably yeah. try and get Aye. steady the ship, because I can see him goals. You never know, David, you might be back in there again. <laughs> I'm just going to say, there, but, might, there, but, might, there, might, there might be a dream team here. Kevin Harper, manager, Ali Graham, first team coach, Dave Irons is the director of football. <laughs> well, pitch, pitch that to the board. Pitch that one to the board. <laughs> I think it is quite interesting right off, Davey. You know, they did, as you say, and the, the budget was massive for Steny and, you know, and they've decided that phew, we need to press the button anew and we need to do yeah. something, you know, and the fourth are done all their own and all the other teams seem to be kind of, although it's pretty tight, sticking by their, sticking by their guns, you know, and just let's see how we got on here because we know one or two wins. I mean, by the way, the guys will know as well, you're a suspension, you're an injury. Yeah. If you get the three points, yeah. you know, it's you know, and you're praying that nobody gets injured, you're praying, don't dive in, what you can sent off for. It's all be things like that because it's the, the squads aren't as big as the other squads where you can bring somebody else in. You've got mm-hmm. your you've probably got your core of 16 players there that you're relying on, and if you get three injured, that's you gubbed right away. I think a big thing in the league too, Kev, you'll know this as well. A lot of club clubs will look at loan players and they get young players coming out of Premier Championship. They come to make, they learn the game, but they make the mistakes with the Stennies, the Albion Rovers. The Str- they come to learn the game, but they make mistakes. And as a manager, we end up struggling and suffering on it. But the young lads will go back to their parent clubs better for the experience. But what they've done, they've left a trail of destruction at the League Two clubs because they've made that many mistakes. Although, you know, it's part and parcel of growing up, isn't it? But yeah. you find that that League Two clubs, they can only attract the young boys from the, the Premiership clubs. You know, you're not really getting top, you know, experienced 29, 30-year-old Premiership yeah. players. You're getting the 17, 18-year-old players that the Hibs, the Hearts, the Rangers, <laughs> they want to put out to get experience. Yeah. But ultimately, when you play them, you've got to be, you've got to be prepared to accept the fact they're going to make mistakes. You know, and I think that's why the league itself is so unpredictable. You know, it's a, it's really is. It's a crazy league. I think the league two, looking at it, it's like either win or bust, isn't it? <laughs> the draws don't really matter in league two, don't they? Not. It's like it's almost it's almost like we need to win. You need three points. Or like I'm just looking at Steny, they have the lowest in the you know the form table. They've got three draws and three three losses. You know, you would you would be like, well, that's. That's okay. You know what I mean? In, in most leagues, all right, you've got three, especially if you're struggling. But, you know, day, oh, day three points probably don't even, you know, mean anything because teams are just winning. They're either winning or losing simply. You know, there's not many, there's not many draws that affect the league table. Whereas if three draws were wins, if three draws were wins, Kev, they'd be sitting third. It's nuts. It's amazing. <laughs> it definitely is a crazy league. Um, we'll move on to the um, predictions because we're um, past the hour mark now. Um, so we're, we're going to go because there's um, Ali and four other guests. We'll have four games this week rather than the traditional three. Ali, you're currently eight seven up, and it's your turn to go first. So I've already given you the fixtures. Everyone else just getting them off the cuff. So first, we'll have the 
Ali Graham and Dave, Dave Irons derby between Partick and Ayr. Um, Ali, what's your prediction? Paul's going to hate me. I'm going to go 2 1 Ayr. 2 1 Ayr. Oh, Ali. And I know what he was saying. The crowd are ignoring <laughs> Paul right now is um, rubbing his hands with glee thinking that Partick might win um, Kevin you, we're going to have you to pick this one for I said that so Kev you're up for SFF for this one Partick versus Air what's your thoughts I'm going to go and sit in the fence and see a draw of what scoreline because the scoreline is important 2-2 two, two. <laughs> Ali, you will be absolutely um, raging if Air United are two one up getting an injury time. <laughs> By the way, it's going to happen. I think it's six minutes on the button. Yeah, there's been some. I'm going with what Paul said. I'm going with what Paul said. They're getting party. Go get something. They're getting their experienced players back. So I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, next up for the chat, we'll go for another championship fixture. Morton versus Park, um, Morton versus Queens Park. Even Ali, what's your thoughts on it? Oh, here we go. Two-one Queens Park. Two-one Queens Park. Favouring another old club here. Um, Alan, we'll get you to predict this one because we can't have you picking a um, League One game. What's your thoughts? I'm thinking. I'm thinking two as well. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, yeah. We'll tell. Um, into League One, and it's the basement battle. Um, Peterhead versus Clyde. Off you go, expert. Experts going Peterhead one, Clyde nil. No. Um, Davey, up against your former teammate here. Um, what's your thoughts, Peterhead Clyde? Uh, I'm going for a Peterhead. I think David Robertson, I know he lost his first game, but. I think uh, the fact that Clyde are travelling up there and all the kind of stuff that goes with the lower leagues, I'm going to 2-1 Peterhead. Excellent. Um, that would be a great find the wall if they could um, follow him to Peterhead because we saw how good the Cashmere stuff was, but <laughs> yeah, a bit different going from uh, a war zone to Peterhead, to be fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and an Athletic versus Bonnie Reg, two teams near the bottom. Um, Ali, on you go. Going 2-1 Bonnie Rink. 2-1 Bonnie Rink. Right, Paul, so this is your fixture. Um, what's your thoughts? Am I allowed to say 2-1 Bonnie Rink as well? Because that's what I, I fancied. But if, if I need to say something else... 3-1 Bonnie Rink. Why don't you just go 2-2, two, two, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Put it all on, you'll get a million to one for all maybe two each. <laughs> I, I'll go for 2-1 Bonnie Rink as well, I think. Um, or 3-1. Yeah, I think Bonnie Rigg have got more coming for them. When I saw them earlier in the season, they're no a bad side. They really aren't a bad side. So I, I'm, I think they'll win. Yeah, well, that's our um, picture results. Then we'll put that up on Twitter and we'll see who has got a nice wee um, smile on their face um, for the Christmas period. Um, before we go away, um, got to touch on the World Cup um, just briefly. The finals this weekend, Argentina versus France. Um, what's your kind of thoughts on how that'll go? And what's been your thoughts, what's been your highlights of the tournament? Because it's, we talk about League 2 being crazy, but this World Cup's been crazy to an extent. I think it's been, I think it's been a hard watch at times. I think the, league, I the, the, the start of it was a hard watch until you probably got to the very last game of the, 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 the league stuff and then even even now, I think it's more people not wanting to lose rather than going and winning games. 
you know, and I think Argentina are probably the team that's went to try and win games. All right, Messi's been absolutely sensational, you know, absolutely sensational, and you know. But I think France defensively, although they concede so many shots on goals, I think their defence has been excellent as well. So it'll be, it'll be, you know, Mbappe. You know, I think he's blue hot and cold. You know, some some he's been absolutely amazing, and some he's like just thrown about. You know, but you know, you get the ball into the into the box, you're always there, isn't he? You know, and. I think the big thing we we Alvarez up top as well. I think it's going to be it's going to be. I think it'll be about day four if they play. I I just think that just what we were talking about earlier on. All the boys have agreed on it. I think if Canada, America, and Morocco and these teams had a Giroud up front, they might go on and win it. I just don't think they've found yet the guy that's the perfect goal scorer that all the other countries have kind of got. Um, I missed the first few games because I was there, obviously here in America. I managed to catch one of the American games. They were, they, were, they were up for it earlier in New York and that. They were writing about it. You know, the pubs were busy. Dave, I don't know if you were there at the same time right. when the game yeah, started. Yep. And uh, they were quite up. You know, they were really pleased with the way they played in a few games. But I just think they've, they've just got that. They're just going to be more clinical, these countries, because they definitely they shocked me some of the games because I come back and I went... I couldn't believe some of the results early on, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had the big guns getting knocked out, the Portugals and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people, in my opinion, and my prediction is that I think France will win it. Everybody wants Messi to kind of eclipse Maradona and that kind of thing, but I just think France are the champions for a reason. I think they'll win it. I mean, that... Um, uh, Coming at a slightly different angle here, I've, I've got quite depressed about the fact that as a nation we are being left so far behind with some of these other countries. You know, your Morocco's and your, you know, even Australia, Canada, you know, as countries are getting to another semi-final for the second World Cup in a row with a population of four million. You know... I just don't think Scotland as a nation will ever be going to wake up and realise it. The definition of madness, keep doing the same thing and expect to get a different result. You know, I know it's slightly off tangent, but the World Cup, I mean, I don't think anybody will deny if Messi wins it. He deserves it. He's just the best player that's ever walked this planet, in my opinion. But um, it's still a team game, but... Will he win it? I hope he does. I hope he does. But from a, I just wish we could compete a level. You know, it might take extending the World Cup to 48 teams for us to actually get there again. But I just think we're getting left further and further behind. And Paul, it was probably because of, we've got two teams in this country who dictate everything that happens in Scottish football. But and it's never, until that changes, we'll never... We'll never come get to the level of Croatia, even Wales. You know, it's it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But anyway, that's a my rant over. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually an important, rant, a really important rant. Um, as you probably remember, way back last year, I've been working with Henry McLeish on this fan-led review, not coming from the football authorities. And it's all about talking to various different people. And I'd love the three professionals here to maybe 
John give them an email address because we're about five, six months away from producing something. And all those comments you made there just now are very much at the top of pretty much everybody's li you know, lips because, I, you know, so many people, um, and not just fans, I mean, we've taken counsel from about 200 fans um, and some of this, the stuff, but the professionals uh, that we've spoken to, people that have run the game, people that have been chief executives, former international players, former players, all sorts of players, are all replicating what you're saying there, David, that, you know, something has got to change. Um, would you know, Paul, would you know say that the um, the new performance school structure is a, is a start in, in terms of, like, obviously achieving some of the primary aims of getting uh, a couple of players in the, um, the Euro squad, Leah Eddy, obviously, on the women's side, and you're you're looking at now, you're consistently getting younger guys appearing in the age groups. I mean, I think Kieran Offords, um, is he at Alloa? Uh, and I think that's in terms of relevant to lower league stuff. He's been being released from their side to play 19s senior Scottish football. Um, is do you feel like we're going in the right direction? No, I, I think. I mean. I it's, this area is not my area of expertise, and I, 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 all I can do is reflect some of the stuff that the people who have got far more experience about this than that are fed into Henry. I'm sitting listening to you know John Collins talking about it, or or Sean Maloney talking about it, or you know whoever it may well be, Craig Brown, all sorts of different people. Um, and what's coming through loud and clear is yes, things like the performance school are good, but are we are we monitoring? Are we evaluating? How many players in the last Scotland international team actually came from a performance thing? Well, can you actually claim Billy Gilmore was was there? He, he was there for like a year. Um, you know, a lot of it to, is to do with the structure that David was talking about there. Um, one of the people we interviewed, we were very fortunate to interview, was, was, bit, was, was Walter Smith. And Walter, his big thing, he said the biggest regret he had um, with his time at Rangers was the fact that 98% of the boys walk out the door and the vast majority of them never kick a ball again. You know, you know, 1% make it, the other 1% drip down the leagues, but you're losing 96%, 98% of these players that are getting into elite academies up and down the country. And that's not just Celtic Rangers. The same thing's happening in England, at Arsenal, at Chelsea. The mental well-being, the health, the provision for these boys. I mean, there's all this thing about the Scottish Parliament for five years They've been talking about the, the, the contracts, that the, they're almost slave labour contracts that these boys have been signed on, not just at clubs at Celtic Rangers, but St Mirren, I think, we're, we're paying a boy a pound uh, to make sure he stayed up until under 18, so he's paying a pound a week. And So uh, there's loads and loads of big structural issues on the, side, the fan side of things, uh, and every single person I've spoken to who's a former football player says the same thing, and former manager, the league should be bigger. Should be, and we should be protecting our, our full our full time clubs. So a low Falkirk are rubbish just now, as you know. The Falkirks, the Dunfermlines, you know, the Queen of the South, if they're staying full time, somehow we've got to protect that because if you take the you know the legs away from that, and suddenly you just become a whole load of small part time teams, there's less and less chance these boys are actually going to break through. I think I think you you alluded to Walter Smith there, but Walter was saying about players with Rangers and Celtic pollen. Then they, they fought the game. I think that I've noticed, and probably the rest of you have noticed as well. And it, it's super proud to be a parent to a kid at ten year old, and he signs for Rangers or Celtic or Aberdeen or, or Hibs or Hearts. 
But it's this thing that they've got, they're in the boardroom signing as if he's a big signing. He's a wee kid. Yeah. I can't for the life of me understand that. Because that wee kid then expects to be there and that's it's going to be like that. He's, he's playing for the under-10s, under-11s. And I know it's a proud moment for the parents and that, but they can make it a wee bit more low-key and let the kid understand that he's not made it yet. Because what happens is when these kids get to 16, 17, 18, Kevin will tell you, he, he, he was a young boy breaking through and he was he had the desire and the hunger to go. And some of these boys don't have the desire to go if they need to drop down a league or two. And that's how they fall out of the game. Because they think they should be playing at the top level. So were you saying with the league's getting bigger, say the Queen of the South was in the Premier League, for, for instance, third bottom. I don't think a young kid would have a problem leaving Hearts or Hibs to go to Queen of the South because they're in the Premier League. But if they're in the second division, he's not going to go because he's not interested. And then he falls out the game that way. They end up at the Darvels, the Les Mahegos, the Auckland Lake Talbots because they're picking up a few quid. And that's what annoys me. Is I'm starting at that age as if they're superstars and, and they're just wee boys signing a contract. Let them play as many games as they can at that age and enjoy their football. I think for me, it's they hide behind this finance model and say, we've not got the finances to do it. You know, we've not got the finances to do a reserve league. But, you know, why not Why not revert back to where have boys clubs that kids are there at for so long, yeah, you sign an S form and you go in or whatever you do, you train with it, you train with the team. If it's three times a week, you train with the team, but you train with your boys' club also, so that if you do get released for that team, then it's not a big struggle to go back to your boys' club and you don't go, you don't yeah. feel embarrassed and go, oh, I'm not getting back to I'm not getting back to my my boys' club because they all laugh at me because I never made it. You know, ultimately we have to take care of the, the kids. You know, and I, and I understand the whole. You know the whole model that we've got just now, and I, I get the concept of it. I get the, the concept of pro youth, but I genuinely don't think it works. Yeah, there's more. There's you would think you would get better coaching, but ultimately, I don't think at that age it's about getting better coaching per se. It's about enjoying football to a certain point. Yeah. You know, at, at ten or eleven or under under at eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, even at thirteen, it should be about just going and enjoying it, and then going and getting a bit more professional and understanding the professionalism of it and then saying, right, well, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to sign a two-year contract with a team if a team comes in and gets you and then you're still with your boys club, but you're still with that team and you're playing with that team. You know, maybe maybe in a Saturday or alternate weeks you play with your boys club, you play with that team. I don't know, you know, there's lots of things that could get ironed out, but ultimately when kids it, we lose so many kids at 15 13, 14, 15 and 16 to the game and yeah I, I, I guess that some of that is cultural some of that is the culture that we have but I also think it's when you think about Ali, myself, Davey you know I was at, I was at Hibs and I was at two, three boys clubs teams but I was at, I was at Hibs for you know eight years six, six eight years eight years but I was at three boys club teams and that was just purely because I wanted to progress. I ended up getting, and that's just no blow my own trumpet, I was probably too good for the, that team and then I went to a better team. And then I went to another team and then by the, the time I was only, I was only the last time, the last club I went to before I went into Hibs, I was only there for a year. But during that, the, the core times, I was at, I was on, I was at Hibs S4. So I was, I was happy at my boys club all the time, you know, and I was, I was training. So, you know, Let's let's be honest. Has pro youth really worked? Don't know the figures. 
No. I think I'm my, thinking my worry, thing. John. Sorry, can I just my big <laughs> worry is and it, this came on the back of a comment that one of my colleagues said he's got a five year old boy. He can't find a team for his boy to go and play in Dumfries. The grassroots football in my part of the world is dying. It's dying. And there's kids on there, there's no the boys' clubs of around anymore. There's no the coaches. And it's David, that to me is the biggest worry. David, you're absolutely spot on. One of the biggest issues is about 15 years ago, the SYFA were given a cupboard at Hamden Park and three or four people to run the game with 176,000 kids. Also, they've, they've been hiding behind the growth of women in, in girls' football, saying, Absolutely. oh, there's so, many, there's so many more people playing. I'll give you a stat. So my son plays for Dave McPherson's team, who are boys to go on scholarships to America. So we're under 18s this year. And would you believe we, we train at uh, Stirling High and we play at the University of Stirling, beautiful grass parks, great facilities. Would you believe that in Stirling, a city in the perimeter areas, 60,000, 70,000, we are the only under-18 team in right. Absolutely, Paul. It's frightening. And, and, and I know there's a drop-off at that age level, but just what you're saying at the bottom end, you know, you're not getting coaches and under-fives, under-seven, that is a real worry. And that's our national sport. So when will we will we get to another World Cup? I don't know. I think there's both. There's both, there's both, there's both, isn't there? There's, there's that that people don't want to, you know, there's no teams. But there's also, certainly I see it in the Central Belt, there's actually parents of kids would rather be on a waiting list at a team that is a so-called good team rather than put their kids into a team to go just and play. You know, and for me, it's about... Going and playing, just going and enjoy it. I, 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 I help with a team, my wee man's team, and we, we've got players that we've actually went and got to another team, got more players so that we could get the other players just game time, just let them play, just give them what. So we've instead of seven aside, albeit instead of ten players, we're going to nine players so that they can play, so that more more players can get more game time, so that they can go and enjoy it. You know, and they can they can develop and at their own eight, at their own at their own level at their own time because people develop at different times you know, but if we're, if we're knocking people out of the park and going nah you can't come in here you're not good enough uh, how often need to play games they need to play games that's, yeah. that's to me that's it they need to play games and if kids we also need to bring the cost to any higher and fit the parks and all that I mean it's, it's cost of, some of these big clubs can't, can't no. book a fit park 200 quid Hundred and twenty five for a uh, for a park. Hundred and twenty five. You think you think about I'm just looking at Glasgow, right? And you think about the professional teams that are in Glasgow and you think about the indoor facilities we have at Glasgow. We've got one at Ravenscraig and we've got one at Tory Glen. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we're a and we're a country that's a cold, cold country. So even boys' club teams, where are they meant to play through, you know, November, you know, September, even September, November? September, October, November. Never mind the professional clubs, because I know when I was at Albion Rovers, we couldn't we couldn't train at times because it was frozen. We didn't have anywhere to train. And that's Even a, you're all weather pitches would get frozen yeah. right now. Yeah, you know. So why, why why don't we just why don't we build more indoor facilities and go? Yeah, there we go. I think there's been there's been talk about that because I think um, I can't even do it. Was it shared that that um, even in this week, obviously with exceptional cold weather. Um, 
clubs in Edinburgh have access to Orium, um, to senior clubs. Uh, I think there's a facility in Dundee uh, and a couple made out of the country that we didn't have 10 years ago. When you think about 10 years ago, 20, like 2012, like how late do we have to leave it to give, the even talking about first team clubs in the Premiership, facilities to train during the coldest of winters. And then you filter that all the way down to obviously first teams in the lower leagues, then you're under 18s and, and below. And we're so slow to react, so slow. Exactly. But, um, it's amazing how a lower league review has turned into um, a post-mortem in Scottish football. And the problems that are. This always seems to happen. <laughs> Sorry about that, lads. Sorry. He asked about the World Cup. That's what it is. Uh, exactly. Doesn't re- re- ha- yeah, I shouldn't have really brought in a Scottish football forum podcast. It hasn't related to this for 24 um, years. <laughs> uh, well, Christmas Christmas has come up. Um, what is it? What's the most exciting thing about this time of year for all you guys, apart from the Boxing Day football, etc., and the hope that um, your um, loved ones get you a copy of my book? (laughs) 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 Hint, hint. (laughs) Great, don't think there's any exciting anymore. The kids have all grew up, John. You know that's it. You're all right. I mean, my daughter's flying out of Tenerife. My boy's away. His in-laws and me me and my wife are lonesome. So. Happy days. <laughs> Repeats of only thousand horses and stuff, Ali. <laughs> I think for I think for me it's seeing Santa, being Santa coming down the chimney for the for the two youngest and seeing their faces and seeing the older ones looking that's at their faces. It. You know, I that's that for me is 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 perfect. It's a perfect Christmas. Hopefully, it gets a wee bit of snow as well, so that Santa can put his his footprints down in the reindeers. To, <laughs> Ring the bell. <laughs> a quick story, Kev, before I let the rest of the lads come in. I remember dressing up as Santa one year when the kids were small, you know. And my wife Susan filmed it for me. And I goes in and I get the present suit and I've got the suit on and all that. And, I get and there was a, obviously they've got a corner in the living room or whatever or wherever you put the presents. And I put them out and I sneaked back and I went ho, ho, ho. And we showed the kids in the morning that Santa Claus had come in. And my boy Scott says, why Santa get your slippers on there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you at least put your football boots on. <laughs> no, you know, see me get, probably, I can't mind if it was fine fair or whatever, you get the suit in at the time, you know. But they, they, never, they never sell you boots, it was just a suit. <laughs> I put my wellies on. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at sea for this Christmas, um, but luckily the boat's um, tied up in Leith uh, for a few days, and so uh, Callum, the Inverness fan on board, um, he's uh, he's been sending all the fixtures in the area, so I think uh, Trinent Juniors play Edinburgh on the 22nd, uh, or you've got Bonnie Rick's on the 23rd, or Civil Service Strollers on the 26th, so he wants to do a tour uh, the lower leagues, um, get a few games in. Brilliant. Few of them called off probably in this weather. <laughs> probably, aye, that'd be a luck. Yeah, talking of weather, I'm uh, uh, talking about books as well, John. Uh, I'm in the final stages of uh, my much waited for book. I'm uh, doing a kind of final edit about community ownership in football. Uh, so I'm going to Spain on uh, the 1st of January until the 11th, where it's currently in Malaga, 19 degrees. So that'll be quite nice. Nice. That sounds good. And, um, well, we'll give that a plug, Paul, when it comes in. I'm working Christmas morning, guys, so I'll be pounding, pounding the beat in Dumfries and Galloway. 
keeping the streets safe. There's nobody in it. Maybe knock knocking a few doors, see if you can get a, a grassroots team for the under sixes here. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a, a messy somewhere hidden in the freezing gallery. <laughs> hey, you never you never know. I mean um, you just you just gotta tap these doors. Maybe that's we can be uh, be Santa Claus and say, oh, I've got a, um, a team in Dumfries. <laughs> you can play football. There you uh, go. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, thanks so much for the roundup of the lower league and um, hope you all have a, a good Christmas and thanks to everyone else who's been listening. Merry Christmas, guys. Christmas, uh, guys. Thanks very much.